If an accountant's wife can't sleep, what does she say? Oh, I don't know. Darling, could you tell me a bit about your work? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife says. <laughs> that might be the best joke we've got on here ever. Good job. That was great. This week, we're talking with Swapnil Shinde, whose fintech company, Zenny, launches out of stealth mode this week. We talked to Swapnil about the rapidly changing fintech landscape and Zenny's role in it. Plus, why a hybrid model that blends SaaS and real human expertise makes sense for finance and a lot of other industries as well. There's a lot to cover. Let's get into it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Zenny? So at Zenny, our goal is to build an AI-powered CFO as a service platform where we can offer a, a turbocharged finance team to all the startups. Basically, a team can, that can manage all their finance functions for them a team that will include a controller, a bookkeeper, an accountant, a temporary CFO. But uh, the the team will work hand-in-hand with our platform that then deeply integrates into the entire financial ecosystem that the startup might be using. And a combination of these humans and machines together can create an experience that is 10x faster. And yeah, that sounds, I mean, AI-powered finance team sounds really impressive. And I know your company has been, is, you know, fairly young, but it's been growing very fast. But, you know, let me ask you, you know, let's say I work with another outsourced finance team or in-house finance team. Why, do, what is the big advantage of having my finance team AI-powered? So let's look at a landscape where there is no AI or automation involved. In that landscape, you will typically have a bookkeeper doing your books using uh, QuickBooks to manage them. In that scenario, he will wake up at the end of every month, then start working on your books, take two to three weeks to close them and give you P&L balance sheet and cash flow as an output. But that output by itself isn't insightful enough and the founders are completely missing real-time insights into their finances as they are running the business. So everything in that world is kind of reactive and slow. Plus, if you want to do bill payments and invoicing, someone else needs to handle it. If you need a temporary CFO, again, you need to engage with the third parties. Uh, then you work with a CPA firm to file your taxes. So the entire landscape becomes highly fragmented. Too many tools and too many finance experts are collaborating with each other. It's super slow. There are mistakes. You need to oversee everything. But with Zenny, our goal is to give you one platform, one team that manages all the finance functions for you. And to do that, we are building it from the ground up using AI, ML, a lot of robotic process automation, deep integrations with the financial ecosystem. And as a result of that, we are super fast. We are probably the only platform that can guarantee you daily bookkeeping with real-time insights into your dashboard. Wow, that is incredible. Okay, well, tell me, how how did you get into this? So that's a, a, a pretty interesting story. So Zenny was started by me and my identical twin brother, Snehal. And this is our third startup together. In our previous two startups, we pretty much spent, I would say, 10 to 12 years building them. And and while building those startups, we realized firsthand how painful it is to work with accountants. Like in my first startup, because we had just raised, I think, $1.2 million, we hired a part-time bookkeeper. And she used to come into the office twice uh, a week. Uh, Everything that she did, we had to oversee it. There were a lot of manual errors. In my second startup, we got a bit smarter. We said that let's work with a finance firm. We at that time engaged with one of the top finance firms, but the experience didn't really change. Everything was still manual. Excel sheets were flying back and forth over email. And we had to reach out to our accountant to get insights. Nothing was proactively delivered to us. So we thought that is something that needs to be changed. And uh, it so happened that our previous startup, Messi, built an AI-powered travel-as-a-service platform where we offered a travel concierge to business travelers. And on the other side, the platform deeply integrated into the travel ecosystem. 
So we scaled that platform to almost 10 million travelers, launched in seven countries around the world, and that gave us real-world experience of building AI-powered platforms. So you have experience in an AI-powered flat platform, yeah. but you're not an accountant by training. So exactly. How, how did you think about starting a essentially outsourced accounting and CFO tool? I, I would say the advantage for us was that we have lived the pain point ourselves. So we know what the input is and what the output is that we expect from a great experience. Though we don't have the accounting expertise, we have the expertise of building app or platforms where travel agents were used. So we basically took the blueprint from, from that particular vertical and applied it to the finance vertical. So think of an AI-powered platform where the travel assistants are now replaced by finance experts, but the entire team who built that platform remains the same. So I would say our advantage is being on the other side. And uh, that's why it was very important for us to hire the best accountants, controllers, and finance leaders to start building this uh, startup from ground zero. What does a typical client look like for you? When is When is a client ready to use Zenny? So I would say our sweet spot is a seed-funded startup. Though we have startups who are as early as a YC company who has raised a, a few hundred thousand dollars to startups who are probably post-CDC startups, but the sweet spot typically is a seed-stage startup because you have just raised some funding, you take accounting, bookkeeping, your finances pretty seriously, and you want a, a solution that can really scale with you. Let me ask you a question. If you were going to give advice to other entrepreneurs out there, you've been an entrepreneur yourself, you and your brother many times, you know, as they're thinking about these finance challenges that Zenny is solving, as they're thinking about building out their finance teams or hiring a, you know, an outsourced firm or tool like yours, what are the questions that they should be asking themselves? I think it's very important for founders to work with a finance expert who has direct experience in their field. If it's a SaaS-based startup, the, the finance person or the finance team that they work with need to have deep experience working with SaaS-based startups. Similarly, if the startup is uh, in the AI field or a hard, hardware robotic startup or a di direct-to-consumer startup, it's very important to work with people who have deep expertise in that particular world. It, it's also important to work with a, a with a finance team that can scale as you scale your startup because you might be pre-revenue when you start working with them, but they need to have experience of working with other businesses in your vertical that have scaled from zero revenues to 1 million in ARR, 2 million in ARR, even 10 million in ARR. Basically understand the depth of their expertise, but also look at the possibility of them being a partner for you probably for the next three to four years. So look at the long-term play instead of a short-term play. You know, for yourself as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've faced many business building challenges. You know, what were some of the challenges with building Zenny at the beginning? I would say, I think, uh, as you had rightly pointed out, right, we know the role of an accountant from a founder's perspective, but wearing the hat of an accountant and digging deeper into their world so that we can actually build technology that can handle the mundane tasks that they are doing is, is probably a pretty complex uh, thing for us to understand and then automate over, over a period of time. And then the other important thing when uh, building Zen is the fact that we need to balance between our humans and machines pretty gracefully. So we cannot just go after growth because if we go after growth, then we might end up hiring a big finance team. So we need to build the platform or the automation in a way that it balances the, the human effort that we put into supporting our customers. And what was different about those challenges from Zenny from your previous startups? 
one of the advantages that we have is that a lot of those challenges were same though the vertical was different so even in mezi we probably managed travel for a million travelers in the first two and a half years and we had travel agents supporting that on the back end so the human operation was uh, pretty human intensive but at the same time we had to build technology that could balance the the incoming request and automate them in a way that we could scale as a company so i think that part remains the same so that challenge remains the same the good news is that we have been there before and we have done that and solved that but now we are applying it to the finance vertical which is pretty new for us so and it's also pretty complex the good news is that the data that we receive is pretty structured compared to travel vertical so we have the advantage of data being available to us from all the different sources structured in a way that makes a lot of sense hey do you like our show i do too if you want to support the startup stack the best way to do that is by subscribing and rating us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to us also send dad jokes or if you have them, actual good jokes, to podcast at rocketplace.com. Feel free to send us feedback there too. How long do you anticipate working with a particular client? You know, as a company grows and scales, typically they start bringing finance teams in-house, CFOs in-house, maybe they want to IPO. Do you think you'll scale with those companies the whole way? Is that your ambition? Or is there a time where it's like, you know what, actually we're kind of like seed to in-house team? What do you think? We have some customers with whom we started working with when their revenues were pro- were probably less than 10 million in ARR. And then they grew to around 60 million and even now more than 100 million in ARR. And they have zero people on their finance team. It's just Zenny supporting them in and out. At the same time, we have some businesses who are a bit more complex at an early stage where they need to have subsidiaries around the world. And then the tax complications come in as a result of that. So they might hire probably a, a finance leader in the company sooner than later but in that case still their accounting bookkeeping is managed by Zenny, so we can be complementary to a finance leader inside the company and the advantage for the the startup is that they don't need to build the entire finance team they can just have the cfo or that that head of finance and then off, offload everything else to Zenny. if you were going to give advice to entrepreneurs when would you say to them or you know maybe these are your clients or other entrepreneurs like we can help you, but you really should bring a CFO in-house for certain aspects. What would what would those things be? If your business is extremely complex and you have offices around the world where you need to consolidate several different entity, entities at the end of every month, if the founders really need a strategic partner to be on their side when they attend board meetings to make business decisions on a day-to-day basis, it's best for them to employ a full-time CFO. We do offer temporary CFO to startups, but if they really want someone who can be a co-founder level person, who can be in discussions with them when they are talking to investors, etc., I think it's a great time for you to engage with a full-time CFO. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, tell me a little bit about, you know, you say that sometimes you have temporary CFOs and you have a lot of accountants, et cetera, on staff. What does your team look like today? So we have close to around 40 people. We have uh, bookkeepers, staff accountants, controllers, director of finance level leaders, senior director of finance level leaders, VP of finance. And uh, when we work with a startup, we typically assign them an accountant, a controller, a tax advisor. And if they need, at the, uh, uh, whenever they are in a need of a temporary CFO, we can assign them a temp- temporary CFO. We have a CFO plan. They can upgrade to that particular plan anytime they need. And But you're also building 
AI powered tools. So how, what percent of your team is doing that? Oh, so basically we, the team that I mentioned to you is just the, the finance side of our uh, business, but we have probably, I would say around 20 people who are completely focused on product and technology. You know, I imagine that the group of people you're hiring on the other side, the accountants and controllers and VP of finance, you know, they, they have a, a way they've done things for decades. And then you have this other team, 20 people building AI tools for accountants. Is it sometimes tough to get those two teams to communicate to each other? There, it can be challenging and a bit tricky because I think accountants sometimes talk in a pretty cryptic language. You have to request them to repeat it at least two to three times for a, a, lame, a, a layman to understand, I would say. So uh, basically building that bridge between the engineering team and the finance team is, is very important. I would say the same problem was there in my last startup, Maisie, we had where we had to build the bridge between engineers and, and travel experts. The other part I would say that is challenging is when we are hiring the finance experts that we need. It's very important for us to look at the cultural fit when we hire such people because we want people who have a natural tendency to focus on automation, people who have deep experience of working with startups. So we typically don't work with finance experts who, who come from a background of maybe manufacturing or who have supported small businesses and, and don't have any startup experience. I'd like to move a little bit to trends and what you're seeing in the world. I mean, we just finished 2020. It's been an mm -hmm. unbelievable year in so many levels. How has your business changed in 2020 with, you know, the everything that's going on and, and where do you see things going in 2021? So 2020 was a, uh, I would say, a very interesting year for Zeni. We had humongous growth throughout the year. So I would say from a business perspective, it was a very rewarding year for us. One thing that was very unique about that year is because of this pandemic, I think all of us embraced the fact that we had to work from home. That kind of encouraged us to build the remote part of our company sooner than later. So now we have several people who are located in, in several locations in the US. I would say if the pandemic wasn't there, most of our staff would be concentrated in Palo Alto where we have our head office. But now we have people in Palo Alto, in, in New York, in Boston, in Los Angeles. And I, I would say we are going to hire talent wherever we find them in the US. Location is no longer a criteria which gives us the flexibility, which gives them the flexibility to work with a Silicon Valley startup. And we have taken a similar approach for our India team, where uh, our main office is in Pune, but we are hiring people all across the country. Has that also changed where you find clients? Are you finding clients all across the country and, and or working with maybe, maybe your clients are in one area, but their teams are now all across the country? Has it changed how you work with your clients? Most of the startups that we work with have completely embraced remote culture. So, uh, and, and they have done that from day one. A lot of them have also gone remote internationally. So they are just hiring the best talent they can find anywhere in the world. And with, uh, I would say, payroll tools like Deal, etc., they are able to manage payrolls and benefits for these people around the world, which is extremely exciting to see. I wonder, you know, you just mentioned having remote teams all around the world. Uh, you mentioned companies like Deal, um, where you can manage their payroll and benefits. Are there tactical finance and tax implications that founders should know um, as they think about ex having a remote and potentially global workforce? 
I would say the tax implications come into the picture when you start creating subsidiaries around the world. So if you really want to establish an entity in different parts of the world, uh, I, I would highly recommend you talk to a finance expert who has handled the taxation and the accounting part of this setup sooner than later, probably uh, in, in the best case beforehand, because there needs to be a collaboration between the team that manages your taxes and accounting and bookkeeping in the US and the team that does it locally. You will have to employ an accountant locally in pretty much every part of the world where you want to create a subsidiary. So that that understanding that entire setup is pretty important. Are there any other 2021 tax questions that you're getting commonly? I imagine you're pretty busy right now. You know, what are the things around tactical advice that you think that founders should know right now? Yeah, one of the most common questions that we get is like, guys, a new year has started. What do we need to do around taxes? A lot of startups, especially first-time entrepreneurs are, uh, I would say, they don't know what the what the different tax deadlines are, what are the different, I would say, tasks that are involved when it comes to filing your corporate taxes. For example, typically in January, we start issuing 1099s and, and W9 and W8 bins for our customers. And I think Jan 31st is the deadline before which 1099s should be uh, issued. And then we have the next deadline, which is around March which is for the, your Delaware franchise tax. And then comes April when you need to file your federal and corporate tax. So if you have someone uh, by your side managing your taxes, it becomes pretty easy for you to put this on autopilot. And especially if the same team is managing your bookkeeping and accounting and taxes, then it's all nicely integrated together. And without even lifting a finger, you can basically put your taxes on autopilot. And that's the dream, right? Put it all on autopilot. Yeah. Yep, that's always the dream. <laughs> As you've thought about building Zenny, you know, what are the things that you're looking forward to about expanding your offering or your product going forward? So I would say there are three areas where our focus is. One is to increase the depth of the features that we provide on our Zenny dashboard. And our Zenny dashboard is the fundamental way in which all the startups have access to real-time insights into their finances. They can look at their net burn, their cash zero date, their cash in the bank, their operating expenses, everything in pretty much real time because the dashboard is updated every single day. There are a lot of things, or I would say advanced reports that we plan to build into the dashboard to a level where startups typically might not even reach or need to reach to uh, an accountant to get insights. Everything should be available to them in a self-serve manner so that they can look at those numbers uh, whenever they want. The, the second area of focus for us is scaling the team, scaling the finance team as we scale the number of startups that we are supporting. So hiring the right folks uh, when it comes to controllers, head of finance uh, or accountants is going to be very important for us. And keeping the culture the same that we have today is going to be very important as well. And the third would be the robotic process automation phase which would, I, I think, reduce the mundane tasks that a lot of accountants are doing today. So increasing the percentage of automation that we can bring to the table on that front is going to be very important for us to be able to scale the finance team that we have. If you could go back and give yourself advice, maybe to the beginning of Zenny or as a younger entrepreneur, what would be the advice that you would give yourself, things that you know today? I think it's very important for founders to build their companies top down and bottom up at the same time. And what I mean by that is 
a lot of founders they start building teams bottoms up so they will hire people who can probably engineers who can start working on different parts of the product then probably account executives who can start pitching the customers but at the same time i think it's important for you to hire people top down as well so try to build your exec team sooner than later so that you can scale yourself faster if you don't do that you end up wearing too many hats you end up spreading yourself pretty thin and as a result of that you might have execution issues and you might not be able to scale yourself as a founder yeah i think that's great advice i often advise other founders i'm speaking with to also think about scaling their management teams as, as soon as possible um so i really agree with that one but what about for you what have been you know as you look at zenny mezzi what what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your career as an entrepreneur i would say in our first startup we actually built the team bottoms up and not top, top down and i could clearly see that when we were building our first startup we were burnt out completely whether it's product being the head of product head of engineering head of business head of sales if you try to play all those functions you're going to spread yourself super thin and we did that during our first startup because we wanted to conserve cash but as a result of that you end up burning yourself big time and that also means that you might not be completely focused on strategic things because you're doing so many other things which means you might be uh, you might not be able to raise your round sooner than later and that is one thing that we changed in our second startup mezzi where probably in the first 12 months we had a vp of operations a vp of product uh, a vp of engineering and we could clearly see the difference in in the execution between the first startup and the second startup and we continued that at zeni where probably i would say in the first 4 months we had a lot of execs on the team and uh, i think the execution at zeni has been even smoother than than mezzi Swapna, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you telling us more about Zenny, and yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for spending the time with us today on the Startup Stack. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for inviting me, Louis. For more on our conversation today, visit www.rocketplace.com/podcast. We upload a new episode every week, so if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to the Startup Stack in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to them. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week. The Startup Stack, written and edited by Hannah Levy, produced by Leah Jackson.